and welcome to Flat Points Podcast. I'm Mark Sebi, and with my guest co-hosts Chris Sires, Lorenzo Porcelli, and special guest author, screenwriter Raymond Opsfeld, we will explore the vagaries of this avocation we call screenwriting. Well, according to the box, we only need a few drops, and it'll test for cocaine, steroids, pot. What's up, mine? Wallace is having a little trouble giving me a urine sample. Can't you talk on the phone and paint your nails like other girls? Thank you for listening. This is Plot Points Podcast. Plot Points Podcast. We are recording this on Oscar night or day. And uh, of course, LA is all a, all a flutter because it's uh, one of the bigger events here and it's a company town. So uh, we're all looking forward to uh, seeing who gets what tonight. And um, But right now, this will not drop until Friday. So the Oscars will be over. So we did our predictions last week. So we won't, we won't go into that now. But um, I am pleased and thrilled to have, uh, besides my good friend, Chris Styers. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Hello. I have uh, another really good friend, uh, Lorenzo Porcelli. Larry, he is a, uh, you know, I've been in, involved. Actually, the person who introduced us is on the podcast <clears throat> also. <laughs> uh, but uh, Larry, how you doing today? Fantastic. And uh, Chris, Larry, and I all share one really remarkable human being in common. Um, and when I say remarkable, I, you know, I'm not really engaging in any hyperbole. We all love this guy. We think he's, you know, the the the, the best uh, teacher, writer, mentor a person can have. That's Raymond Obsfeld. Hi, Raymond. Hey, Mark. Hello, everybody. Yeah, it's uh, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's a thrill to have you on the show. Um, Raymond, let me give you a little background, uh, just just in in brief. So, uh, Chris and I took a a novel writing class from Raymond. Um, that's how Chris and I met. And then um, Raymond has been involved in a lot of our lives over the years. And I approached him one time about starting OC Screenwriters, and I said I need a venue. And he said I know the guy, and he introduced me to Larry. And it's been a joy since then. So Raymond's been instrumental. We've all been published. We've all had successes. And for me, at least, I, I attribute most of what I've accomplished uh, to Raymond's mentorship and uh, friendship. Um, Chris and Larry, you guys can weigh in on, on what you want. I, I know you don't like Raymond that much, but could you fake it for the, for the purposes of the podcast, please? I got so much out of Raymond's novel workshop that I took it several times. Me too. And I had I had taken other novel workshops from other teachers at different schools and Raymond besides his heading up the class the way he had his class structured worked for me more than any of the other classes I'd mm -hmm. ever taken. Mhm. Mm Larry, you you and I were well, not in class together, but um, you you take you take you have been with Raymond for quite a while too. Uh, I think Chris and I started around eighty eight or eighty seven or something like that. Yeah, when did you I when did you right. get involved? 
Um, in the uh, early 2000s. Okay. And uh, I uh, just, I got to say, from the first day, you know, I had my novel all written, came in there, and he let me read the first chapter and passed it around. And um, as I look back on that first chapter, it's what a change from where I write now, you know, took me from a, a, a sophomoric writing to um, to a different to, level. To a, a literary level, actually literary. And, you know, even though I had written for newspapers and magazines and had books published by Simon and Schuster, the coffee table writer, nothing compared to what Raymond taught. Mm -hmm. uh, so lest this sound like an obituary or a uh, mem <laughs> memorial, uh, Raymond, uh, we're going to focus on you uh, during this podcast, but I'd also like to get you for my Whoever Writes Monsters podcast because you did you kind of started in genres and then moved out of that to to a more literary form. Was that that was conscious? Well, I actually started uh, in poetry, mm -hmm. so I started literary. That's what I got my master's in, and my master's thesis was a book of poetry. Mm. And that book of poetry was my first published book. Oh, wow. um, but I had always had an interest. Um, yeah, interestingly, um, Raymond Chandler and Dashiell Hammett, their first books published were also poetry books. Uh, um, and, um, like them though, I had a deep interest in mystery. Mm -hmm. So I started writing mystery novels. And, um, when I published the first one, uh, they bought it as a series. So I wrote more. And then when it, um, one of them was nominated for an Edgar award. So my name then was pretty much associated with mysteries. Um, so, but I had interest in other genres. You know, so I, I did. I wrote a bunch of different ones. Yeah, is that Harry Gold? Is that your Harry Gold series? Right. Yes, right. and those have been now republished in in England mm -hmm. recently. Oh yeah, All right. I saw it on your on your wall not too long ago. Cool. Are you writing another one, or was that just the republishing of the? No. Okay. Yeah, just republishing. All right. Well, um, let's jump into a little bit of uh, what are we working on? I, you know, Raymond, I mean, <laughs> one of the things that always impressed, I'm sure it impressed the other guys, too, is no matter what we did in class, we could never match your output. <laughs> it, it was like it was like every week you'd be working on something new or something else. Um, are you are you working on anything right now? Besides, I, we'll get into uh, in case people don't know. The, the series, TV series Veronica Mars has been rebooted, and Raymond is one of the, uh, the writers on that. So we'll get to that in a minute. But I wanted to see, are you working on anything else besides uh, Veronica Mars? Yes. Um, Kareem and I sold Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, I, I write with him um, on occasion. And we sold a TV series to Warner Brothers called Trouble Man, which we are now working on. We're, we're writing the pilot for it. They bought the series and um, then we do the pilot and then they decide whether they're going to shoot it or not or whether they sell it to some – they have to then sell it to, you know, somebody else who will broadcast it. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on that. We just got um, – um, we just – Sony asked us to come in and pitch a movie idea that we have and we have another uh, movie – um, that we're going in to Disney, ask us to come in um, to pitch on a, another movie project. So that, and yeah, that's oh, what I'm working on right now. Cool. Chris, are you uh, still working on your rewrite for your book? 
I'm working on my finishing up the climax of the one novella I'm working on, and I'm taking notes for my the big end of my trilogy series. Uh, right. Taking notes on that. Now, when you and, say you uh, when you say you're taking notes on a piece of fiction, are you just? Does that mean you're doing ideas? Are you doing background? Are you doing? Are you studying like uh, history, like War of the Roses, or something like that? Or is it? Well, just... one of the things besides getting medieval history, uh-huh. and different things that they use. I'm part of my. I'm use. Uh, I'm reviewing the Book of Revelations in the Bible. Mm. Light reading. Yeah. Okay. Good. Larry is just back from well uh, he's been opening a theater uh, in uh, in north las vegas which i which i follow and i guess it's doing extremely well have you been able to do any work uh writing anything larry just started again and uh finally raymond i'm moving on my uh novel and actually have about seven chapters done i think they're good and wow. uh while i was in las vegas i met a former uh um, welterweight champion named Fernando Vargas, who asked me to do his bio. Not a very big literary piece, but a piece, you know, to have because he works with a foundation for kids, teaching them to box, and uh, that's that. And then working every day with Montezuma Sparza, who's a film producer from Selena to Gettysburg. He's so varied. But I had written a script and um, had left it, and he I let him read it. He wanted to read what we were talking about. And he thought this story was good. So he's given advice on that. So I have projects ahead of me now to find time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big. It was great to have lunch with you yesterday to actually grab more than five minutes on the phone. So that was uh, so. Yeah, for me, I'm still I signed contracts on this uh, pilot for this series, but the guy hasn't sent me a check yet. So nothing's real. Um <laughs> And I'm working on um, some short stories. I kind of got an inspiration to do some short stories along a theme. So I've been working on that. But um, I got to jump back into my Revolutionary War script at some point because the producer is bugging me about some pages. So I want to talk specifically to Raymond. He he mentioned his collaboration with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which has been Obviously a blessing. Raymond, how many awards have you and Kareem won? Or how many times have you been nominated? I don't really know. I mean, we've won, we've been nominated, I think, at least three or four times for NAACP awards. And we, we won one uh, for one of our books and then another for um, a documentary. Mm-hmm. That you were working on some Sherlock Holmes stuff, right? Right. I did a graphic uh, novel. We did on Mycroft Holmes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, we just, it's funny because Leonardo DiCaprio just called the other day and said mm-hmm. he wanted, he read and he, he was interested in doing something with it. So we sent that to him. But as Mark and everybody else in the world knows, that sounds bigger than it is. It's, <laughs> it's you know, they call, they want something, and that's the last you hear, usually. Well, yeah. So I, I don't, it doesn't mean anything, but it's, it's out there. We did a, a meeting once with Netflix on doing it as a possible series because the wife of the head of Netflix had, had given it to her son and he really liked it and she read it and really liked it. So we went in for a meeting and nothing ever happened, which is how things work. Yeah. But the, the recent Umbrella Academy, um, you know, that 
that's out there and I've never I've never heard of that. I mean I, I liked this series, but I never heard of the graphic novel, so it's entirely possible that you know uh Mycroft Holmes could uh end up on Netflix at some point. That'd be great. Yeah, it could. Um but you know I, I just for me as a writer, I don't really think that far ahead. Mm. Um I I think what do I have to write today mm-hmm. and what's due next week and that's mm. that's all I think about because the rest just drives you crazy. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and I tell, I tell people that the, uh, even if I, even if you saw something today, you should be doing the same thing tomorrow, which is just writing. That's it. So, and I probably stole that from you, Raymond, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to credit you on that. So, no. Uh, so let's, I think we're all interested in discussing, uh, Larry, go ahead and ask the question. I think that you asked earlier when, before we got, uh, we started recording about, uh, about the, Raymond's current uh, writing experiences with uh, with Rob Thomas, well, Veronica Mars. Yeah, how exciting! Because I know you had an affinity for that show. Absolutely. And by the way, that was another thing you loved. I don't know how you watched every television show there ever was, <laughs> and would come into class and be able to discern, speak on it, and aspects of it, and uh, where you would find the time for that. But you did, and um, you would enlighten everyone with just so many little glimpses, but really Veronica Mars was an eye opener. And uh, how did that happen? How did that come about that you got connected with something that you really love? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird because as you know, Larry, and uh, that I actually show the pilot to Veronica Mars in my yeah. class and I have for years because I think it's just really well done. And because I like that show so much, I read all of Rob Thomas. He's the creator. I read all of his, young adult novels. He'd written, I don't know, four or five, and I'd read them all. And then I um, I proposed one, uh, or gave it to Kareem to read, and he really liked it. And, um, and uh, he wrote, I help him write articles sometimes, and we did an article together, and that was one of the books uh, that we promoted as, as being a great book. It's called Slave Day by Rob Thomas. And Rob read that article and we had lunch with him and we just talked and and he asked Kareem if he would write an introduction to a reprint of his book. Kareem agreed. And then one day, a couple weeks later, Rob just calls me and says, would you like to work on the Veronica Mars show? Hmm. And I, I thought it was a joke because I love that show. I just, it's one of the best series ever. And I thought it was cruel to uh, ask me, uh, but he was serious. And it, it was a transformative experience as a writer, I have to say. I've been writing for 50 years, and going into that, I, I learned so much that it actually changed the way I do things. Wow. Wow. So you've been writing since you were five? <laughs> yeah, since I was uh, negative five. Since you were right, since you were in the womb. Chris, do you have any uh, any inter- uh, uh, question you want to ask Raymond about uh, Veronica Mars? Yes, we have um, we have pretty much everybody. Most important is, um, uh, of course, Kristen Bell, mm-hmm. and yeah. who, by the way, is just fantastic actress. It's so different when you're you know like you're on set and you're. Uh, I was at a table read. <laughs> this is this is kind of funny story and, and apropos of nothing, but I'm at the table read and I'm sitting in the back with a couple other writers and all the cast are around. There's Patton Oswald, you know, and 
who's in the show. And um, we also have J.K. Simmons, but oh, wow. he wasn't at this. And um, Kristen Bell's there. And then the actor who plays Wallace, her, her close friend, he's, he's looking at me. And he's smiling, and he kind of waves. And I think, does he not know how unimportant I am? Uh, I actually turned around to see if there was somebody important behind me. <laughs> and there wasn't. And he came over and just shook my hand and says, oh, hi, nice to meet you. He was such a sweet guy. But I thought, <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, that's, a, that's like the old joke about the uh, the actress who was so stupid, she, she uh, went to bed with a writer to get ahead. I mean, it's like, yeah. no... <laughs> Nobody gives yeah. us uh, that kind of props. That's a really nice story. That's great. It was, and and then um, Rob made sure that you know I met Kristen Bell, and you know she was very sweet and chatted with me, and um, you know for me it's very uncomfortable simply because I I have the feeling I don't belong there, mm-hmm. but um, but anyway everybody was just really great. Yeah, all the pictures that I see <laughs> of you uh, with. Kareem or Rob Thomas online, you it, you have that look like what the f am I doing here? It's like <laughs> I can't believe, I can't believe I'm here. You have that just that shit eating grin on your face and that that stunned look in your eyes. It's uh, it's hilarious. So Rob has uh, I've never seen anybody quite like Rob Thomas in that um, he's the you know he's the head. Of the, at the writer's room and then we'll be talking about stuff and we'll be, we, let's say we're six episodes in talking about something and then he'll go, yeah, you know, back in episode 102 in that uh, act three, you know, that <laughs> we did this, we need to change that to this. Mm. And everybody will just look at him sort of stunned. How do you, how do he remembers everything? Mm-hmm. Um, and he is uh, extremely funny and just a terrific writer. I mean, but that guy, I honestly, he was doing iZombie, and right. at the same time we were doing this. So he, at lunch he'd go in and he'd do some editing on iZombie and or go into the writer's room there to talk to him about something and then come back. It, I don't know how he does it and mm-hmm. keep it all in his head. I think you could do it. You, uh, How many huh. years in class you know, did you keep everybody's story in your head and – give everybody suggestions and uh, you know, I, I think you're being a little bit, I, I think Rob Thomas is amazing, but I think you're being a little bit humble there, Raymond. I, you, you were, I will always was stunned by your uh, capabilities that, cause I used to, I remember when I took your class, I, I every once in a while I'd go into your office a little ahead of time just to say hello or something like that. And you'd be working on something on critiques for class and I'll, you, you'd stop in the middle of it. You talk to me. Uh, we'd have a great conversation and then you'd get to class and you would have typed out all this other stuff. I have no idea how you did that. It was like, it was like you were in some time warp or something like that. Cause I knew you weren't done with it and I knew I was bothering you, but you didn't care. You were so gracious all the time. So really appreciated that. Really appreciated your accessibility. It is a, a sweet moment right now to be on there with, uh, the three of you. Um, so I, I just find that, um, kind of as exciting as the as being on the, in the writer's room. Yeah, well, you you couldn't get three more people who love you more as a person or a teacher. I I I fully have always credited you with my career. Uh, well, um maybe exaggerate. Uh, let me let me mention something cuz as you're you're talking about the writer's room and and the stuff that I've watched, etc. 
when the one thing about it is all the people in that room have seen all the shows I've seen, the movies. Oh, um, wow. They may not have read the books, but that is one of the real exciting things mm-hmm. is somebody will say, remember that show, blah, 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 which almost no one will know except, you know, a television junkie. And you'll go, oh, yeah, remember that episode? And then and then they'd all know it. Or they'd pull it up and say, let's watch it. Rob would just pull it up and say, yeah, let's watch it. <laughs> and, um, or he'd think of a, of a song and just uh, start playing the song. Yeah. Uh, I have to say that was one of the most exciting aspects of it, was Absolutely. having a bunch of people who I could mention an obscure show and they would know it and we could talk about it. So I have a suggestion, by the way, when you do your autobiography, it should be called blah, blah, blah. I think that's the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's your catchphrase. Uh, so, um, all right. Well, let's, so, uh, so Raymond, I know you're in the, the glow of, uh, what's going on there. Is it, how was, uh, how was this different than your expectations? Was it, is it similar? Is it beyond your expectations? Is it, I mean, are you hooked? Do you want to now become a television writer full-time? Uh, no. <laughs> First of all, the the uh, commute was five hours. Oh, yeah. And a half, right. hours, and half hours back right. to go to the writer's room, and I do not like that much. I I love the writing, and I love being in the room itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really addictive mm. um, because – they are all great writers mm-hmm. and it was just so creative. Also, it has changed the way I think about writing. That's uh, interesting. And um, which I thought maybe I was beyond changing the way I think about writing. Well, how so? Get into a little bit of that. Well, one of the things that when we're writing is we have three walls that are filled with whiteboards um, and they're magnetic, and then we'll put a beat, like a scene that we're going to do, mm-hmm. and it'll go up on the board. And then um, what you do is you, you get them all out. Let's say we're doing one episode, and we get them all out, and then start arranging them, act one, two, three, four, five. And then they'll get rearranged and rearranged. And then there's something called um, massaging, where you'll take one beat, and you'll just say, well, all right, exactly what does happen in this beat? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'll be people... Somebody will say, well, what if this happens? And then somebody will say, no, what if this? Or, oh, yeah, that's great, but what? how about this? And it's like, pow, pow, pow. It's it's not deliberately competitive, but it is competitive, mm-hmm. you know, because people, they they want to get good ideas out. And it, that's what's exciting about it. It's, it's like a sport, mm-hmm. a blood sport, but, but everybody's really nice to each other because everybody, I think, really uh, <laughs> respects each other. But by the time you're done, you've 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 you never settle for for a scene. You uh-huh. never settle until you've pushed it to its limit and everything you can milk out of it before you go on to the next one. And that's really made me um, rethink and push much more in my writing. Mm-hmm. And working on the um, um, Trouble Man series, um, I've got the the pilot all mapped out, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, I, I, you have to do something called a story arena. Then you send it into, which is a basically an outline. You mm-hmm. send it in, and then Warner Brothers gets on the phone with you with five people, and they tell you how to make it better. <laughs> and, um, and they're all very intelligent people. They know a lot about stories, mm-hmm. and you agree or you disagree with some. And um, so I went back and I re re uh, figured configured a lot of it, mm-hmm. and um, and 
but it made me push. Even after I sent the rev- revision, I kept thinking about it and said, what if I add this? What if I do that? So keep pushing yourself. That's what it's really made me do, mm-hmm. even beyond what I used to do. That, that's astounding considering, you know, how many years you've been writing. And I've read a lot of your writing. I've read your novels and your scripts and uh, your articles and, and your books. Uh, wow. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty in- interesting. That, that, did you perhaps dro- uh, drop into a very comfortable place with your writing and this is taking you a little bit out of that comfort zone? Um, I don't think I'm ever in a comfortable place with my writing. I'm always in a panicked mode that, uh, <laughs> you know, I suck. And as soon as uh, this is the one where everybody will discover that and right. they'll come and they'll want everything I ever had, they'll want it back. And, um, <laughs> so, uh, that's the feeling. Um, but, uh, I, no, I, I had confidence. I still have, I mean, I have confidence. The difference is, um, I'm panicked, but I have confidence I will overcome it. Sure. I have confidence I will finish and that I will do my best doing it. So that confidence helps me get through the panicky stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I just found new techniques, new mm-hmm. ways to question myself. Mm-hmm. That's what's exciting to me. I mean, oh, okay, I, I would have done this or this or this, but now I'm going to even question little things. Mm-hmm. One of the things Rob would always say is, um, how can we make this scene fun? But he doesn't mean fun in, you know, crazy or just where is the entertainment nugget of that scene? Mm-hmm. That, that, and, and I like that way of thinking. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. So many things require meetings in LA and I don't like going to LA. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm not really a good career person. People should never talk to me about having a career. Yeah. Because <laughs> Uh, I never, I don't like doing things anymore that I don't want to do, you know? Well, you have that, you've earned that right to a certain extent, but, uh, let me tell you that, um, anything you don't want to do, I will be more than willing to. So just call me. (laughs) Um, Chris, do you have any, do you have any, uh, anything you want to talk? We're going to move on in a little bit from this discussion. This is, this is a plot points, uh, podcast. I'm with, uh, Raymond Obsfeld. Chris Dyers, Lorenzo Porcelli. Uh, Chris, do you have anything you want to ask Raymond or talk about? Well, Raymond, for the majority of your career, you've, you're used to working by yourself. Mm, that's a good question, yeah. You set your own pace. You do the outline and the fin- from beginning to the finish of the novel. Is collaboration slowing your writing? Um, well, that's a good question, Chris, you know, because... Um, uh, there's a reason I chose writing <laughs> and it's cause I, I like working alone. I like my own company because <laughs> you're an antisocial bastard. That's right. Exactly. Uh, well, I, you know, I socialize in class and then I, I have sports, you know, I've got a group I play basketball with, I play volleyball with, I play racquetball. That, that's my social life. <laughs> but when it comes to writing, I, I, don't I've I like doing you know I like just sitting down hunkering down and getting it done Mm. so working in a group like this was a bit of an adjustment the fact that they were all fantastic and supportive to me that really helped because I you know I felt you know like the low man on the totem pole going in yeah I've published 50 books but that doesn't mean crap when you're you know in do something new and they are all very experienced. 
Um, but they were so nice and helpful that that helped. Now I made a bunch of mistakes. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's very embarrassing because, uh, like one time, you know, Rob made, uh, some suggestion and I didn't like it, but I didn't say anything at that point. I just had sort of, I don't know what I was doing, but he looked at me and he said, I can see the thought bubbles above your head. Right now, <laughs> saying, uh, that that's not a good idea. <laughs> and, um, you didn't say it in a nice way. You didn't say it in a mean way, but I, and there were other things, uh, uh once where he said that, uh, I had rolled my eyes at some other suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> we've, all, we've all seen that. Yes, we've all seen that. So well, it's, it's, you know, there's so many ideas going too. There's like this idea, this idea, this idea, and there's just tons of them. And once I had to leave early, as I usually did to catch the train to get back, and I was walking, as I was leaving, Rob said, I have this great idea, and he and he gives this idea, and I just stopped. And I turned, and he said, what, you don't think that's a good idea? And I said, yeah, it was a good idea when I gave it yesterday. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, but, which is the exact wrong thing to do because it is no, you know, it's the same thing that I would have done. I mean, there's just so many ideas and they don't belong to anybody. Yeah. Um, and that was my learning thing. And he mm. was so, as they all were incredibly patient with me. Mm. And I apologized like crazy, you know, at, uh, to him at some point, because I know that that's just the leftover of me writing by myself and making my own decisions. Right. You know what I mean? And well, it's also, it's also your top dog. You've been top dog in your classes and in your life for many, many years. It's hard to make that adjustment, right? Well, I did mention that to him too. I'm used to being at, you know, the head of the class, right? You know, teaching, and right. then not, you know, not as a student having that. And it it was a little bit of an adjustment, and um, and all the better that I should have to make that adjustment instead mm -hmm. of, you know. But um, he then talked to me. Said when he was first writing at Dawson's Creek and he had the same things happen. He said he was much worse. His reactions <laughs> were so he I think that helped him be more patient with with my faux pas. But you know, after that I was fine and I understood how it worked much better and um you know knew the the protocols, which is something you have to learn, the protocols mm -hmm. of working in a group. So uh, we're going to move on, but I want to, I want, since it's my podcast, um, I want to tell the story of how I got started, which directly is because of Raymond. Um, I was in his class and I was writing my, I think it was my third script it was called Firstborn. Um, I remember that. Yeah. And Raymond went, um, uh, this is like a real movie. And even though that sounds a little harsh, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. It was, it was, I mean, I floated on air for several weeks after that, but shortly after that, Raymond, we talked, I, I was joking about Raymond being antisocial because he used to have these incredible writers meetings at his home, go there. And I remember one time Jim Womer and I showed up an hour early for this because we were so excited. Raymond opens the door and goes, oh, you guys are a little early. Um, and, and I think you were still in your shorts or whatever. But um, the, the thing is, is Raymond used to bring in people, friends of his, and one of them was Matt Pepler. During this uh, party, Raymond said, I want you to meet Mark Sevy. He's writing a great script. Um, I think you guys would probably uh, be able to do some work together. 
And we did. And actually, Matt was responsible for me getting an agent and getting uh, my my fourth script uh, seen at uh, Creative Artists and about a, a hundred production companies. But it was a, a direct result of Raymond's generosity that I was able to start my career because I met somebody that uh, that I was simpatico with, and we had a great collaboration for a few years. And then Matt decided to become a stockbroker, and I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> I've always thanked Raymond for that, and it's always. You know, we all stand on the shoulders of giants, and I certainly do. So thank you, Raymond, again uh, for for giving me my career, basically, for helping me become a better writer, but also connecting me with the people that counted at that time. You guys give me way too much credit. You earned everything through hard work and perseverance. Well, I went through four or five years of your classes, so I sure as shit did earn it. Yes, of course. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, look, you know what? It's uh, it's that that old saying: uh, the Lord helps those who help themselves. And so, uh, not not saying you're 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 a golden god, Raymond, but uh, well, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's uh, talk a little bit. We're going to segue into a segment that I've come to really enjoy: is a top five something. Um, and this week we're going to do the top five movies based on true events. And we're not going to, tr- we're going to try to avoid, uh, people. Like it's not, you know, a, a movie about, uh, Jackie Robinson. It's more of a, you know, an event movie, uh, one specific event. Of course, there's characters involved, but, um, so that was it for this week. So let's hear what, uh, who, uh, Larry, you want to go first? Tell us what your top five event movies are. Sure. Um, one was The King's Speech. Oh, yeah. I really I enjoyed that one very much. I, I guess I like a lot of World War II ones, but I like The Great Escape. And um, based on a, an attempt, um, Titanic. And I liked uh, the first Titanic and the second Titanic. Um, there was three of them, actually. Um, oh. A Night to Remember was the third one. And uh, they were all great movies about that issue, which I hadn't known anything until I saw the first movie. Mm-hmm. And the movie Munich about the oh. how the Israelis got back uh, for the terrorism at the uh, Olympics. Okay, I didn't see. I haven't seen that yet. I'm, that's a definite. Um... And my my last one was All the President's Men. So okay. that was uh, pretty dynamic. So Chris, what did you come up with? You always come up with some interesting uh, movies. Okay, I'll start from number five and go to number one. Uh, the first one on the list, though, is what they used to call back in the day a made-for-TV movie. Mm. And it's in the line of duty, the FBI murders. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't think I've heard of it. So. Oh, you have. That's the one where David Soul and Michael Gross are oh, the villain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael and Gross, of, they played killers, right? Yes. Yeah, right. And a bit of trivia on this movie. The FBI used this film for several years as a training film for their cadets. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Yeah. Number number four? An old British movie. I love Last Stand movies, and this is Zulu. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Okay. Yep. Number three? And this one was inspired by, let's say, uh, from 2010, Unstoppable with oh, yeah. Denzel Washington. Okay. Uh, and then uh, in the number two spot, uh, 
Pacino should have gotten the award for this movie, Dog Day Afternoon. Attica, Attica, yeah, okay. Yeah, and my number one is the same as Larry's, All the President's Men. Hmm. Okay. Raymond, did you come up with uh, a list? I'm sure your list is very interesting also. Oh, I wouldn't say that's interesting. Um, I'll just, I'm going to start with number one. Okay. Uh, because uh, I and I'm going along with you guys with all the president's men. I think it's a fantastic movie. It's to me every time I see it, and, and it still holds up for me. And um, I showed it to my son um, a couple years ago, and it was and it was cool to see how inspired he was by the movie too. Because mm-hmm. that's how it hit me. It's just something, something mm-hmm. about the. I love journalism movies, um, Spotlight, and that sort of thing. I just love them. And um, this one, it it had a huge effect and impact on me as well. Um, so I I love that movie. Um, I Chris, I, I I love Dog Day Afternoon too. And I think for so many reasons, one is who would have ever thought this movie would get made? Crazy that it was ever made, <laughs> and that all the performances were so amazing that it's um, completely unpredictable what's going to happen. Um, and the, I love that movie a lot too. My other three are one of them is Larry's The Great Escape, mm-hmm. which I agree with. That that's a that's just that's just big movie making. I love that. And um, uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh yeah, I, I, that's one of my big favorites. And um, The Right Stuff. Oh God, I forgot about The Right Stuff. Holy crap, did I love that movie? Wow. One of my yeah, and I think every time every time Bridge on River Kwai has been on television, I watch it. It is probably my all time favorite. I just forgot it, and that's outrageous. Oh, you I even can't. bought the album. Yeah, you, it's it's it is every time it comes on. It's one of those things you just have to keep watching. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. The first, and these are not in any kind of order, but the man who invented Christmas about Dickens writing um, Christmas Carol. Uh, it was a, a new discovery for me in 2018, and I thought it was a great a great film. Um, I also just rewatched The Social Network on uh, with for class, and it was I thought it was really fantastic. Again, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, the also two old movies. One was Inherit the Wind. Something about that Scopes trial with uh, Spencer Tracy just always yeah it, yeah I just loved that. I love that movie too. I yeah, thought about that, but yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, and then um, another favorite of mine is Day of the Jackal, which is the the original one um, about the assassination of attempted assassination of Charles de Gaulle. Um, always really enjoyed the tense, the the dual storyline between the cop and the, uh, uh, the the assassin. And then for me, the post, um, the story about the Ellsberg Papers. Um, I, I really enjoyed that film. I even more than Spotlight, I thought Spotlight was terrific, but The Post, I think, uh, I actually thought it should have won the Academy Award, but um, it did not, so. All right, those are great, uh, great um, titles. Um, We would love to have any of those people who we mentioned contact us and give us jobs. So if you're listening, please please call Mark Sevy first. and then whoever else you choose after that. But um, no, 
All right. Uh, we are going to wrap it up here shortly. Uh, does anybody have any questions or uh, that they want to either ask Raymond about uh, writing techniques or or me or anything like that? Did, did anybody come up with anything that uh, that's filtered through the podcast? Well, um, Raymond, oh, go ahead. Okay. For either Raymond or Mark. Raymond, go ahead. Take this. How, and go ahead. how important is setting and does setting affect the story? That kind of depends on, I mean, it's, it's almost a reverse question because um, if, if setting is important in your story, then you need to bring that in, right? If you're doing something in which, um, uh, I'll give you an example. You, you're familiar with 310 to Yuma, right? Yes. Yes. I'm going back to the original, the Glenn Ford one. Mm -hmm. Van right. But you remember how that opens? It's the, uh, the, it shows the ground all crusted. Yep. There's been no rain, blah, blah, blah. They're telling you right away, setting is important. You know, there's been no, there's, they haven't had rain and that's what motivates this guy to, to do whatever he's going to do. Mm -hmm. Now, so the setting and to show that, to show the dust and all that is really important there because they're, uh, they are ready to abandon all morality, right? In order for survival. It's Lord of the Flies of, of some sort. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, it's crucial there that that the the the, the setting defines their 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 humanity. So if setting is important um, in that way, then you should you know do what you can with it to 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 keep that in the reader's mind. If it's just a, a just an obstacle, a plot obstacle, right? We're we're dropped off in the snow and we've got to make our way somewhere, then. Okay, it's it that has its own importance. It's a plot obstacle, but one is a theme obstacle and the other is a plot obstacle. Yeah. And so, yes, then it's important, and then you want to emphasize it. But if it's just, you know, I'm setting it in Los Angeles just because I need a big city and I'm hoping to film here, then it's not that crucial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We just watched um, recently again Attack the Block. I don't know if anybody besides me has seen it, but it's a it's a movie where Aliens invade uh, a ghetto in London or a housing project in London. And for for most of the film, the setting is crucial. Uh, you you probably I mean, I think that's how they sold the film. So so but it's not like you're saying, it's not just an obstacle. It is part of it's a character in the in the uh, in the film. That's a great distinction, too. Unfortunately, we have to wrap. We could do a series of 10 podcasts just on Raymond's career alone. He's been, he's done so much. Uh, how many books have you written? Uh, over 50. Wow. I will put the links to, Raymond, do you still have a website or you have you taken that? No, I, I, I took it down. I was, okay. I was no longer interested in, <laughs> in promoting myself. <laughs> okay. Well, you can, <laughs> Raymond. Raymond has a great Amazon page. I will link to that. Also, Kareem Abdul, he's mentioned on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's uh, website, so I'll link to that. And then um, I'd like to thank uh, Chris Styers, as always. Chris, you're, you know, meeting you in Raymond's class that many years ago is just another benefit of knowing Raymond. But man, it's it's it was great to great to have met you through Raymond. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And all we absolutely more. and thank you for inviting me again. I appreciate it. Well, you know, you're you you were quiet today, which is great. I appreciate that. But uh, you you have you when you and I talk, uh, so some of the be- some of my best ideas come from that that discussion. So well, thank, uh, thank you. you. Yeah. And uh, Larry, uh, as always, a joy. It's been you know, it's ten years um, this month. I wow. Think. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that we started OC Screenwriters, um, and Raymond is a is on the board of advisors. Although we don't bug him much, but he's we stuck him on there and just told him he was, uh, and he said, "Okay, that's fine." But um, <laughs> he's directly responsible for OC Screenwriters. I think I'll do that, Raymond. <laughs> he's directly responsible for OC Screenwriters getting started because the 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 ability to put our meetings on in theaters, uh, Larry, probably. Uh, Built or opened most of the theaters here in Orange County, and he's currently working for Maya Cinemas in the uh, in the Central Valley, and now in, and just opened a theater in North Las Vegas. So, um, Larry, you've been you've been a real friend, and it's it's a joy to know you and meet you, and also through because of Raymond, um, you know, you and I are have become friends. So, thank you, thank you, my honor to know all of you. Gosh, well, I can't believe I mean. When I'm in Raymond, whenever I'm in Raymond, I've been trying to get back this semester to your class, but I couldn't <laughs> early enough. I really did because it's the most beneficial thing to hear people, no matter what their level of knowledge or writing is, to comment on what you've said. You know, it's just uh, what you've written. It's really, it's very enlightening at the very least in many different ways. Yeah, and, and it was so uplifting. You, Gosh, Larry, just drop in. Even if you're not enrolled, just come. You know. You know, if you're in the area. All right. On that, also on that note, I would like to mention that Raymond is uh, still teaching. Uh, you're teaching novel at Orange Coast College, right, Raymond? Yep. Okay. Yep. On is it on Mondays? Tuesday nights. Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Um, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic class. I took it for shoot. I don't know how many semesters. Um, it's a. It's such a creative environment. Um, and and. The good news about it is it's just not all this kumbaya crap. It's, you know, there is a lot of conflict. There's a lot of argument or, or discussion. Um, and some of it's a crucible for learning is what it is in, in many, many ways. So Raymond, you are, you are still one of the, uh, the best people I know, talented, um, generous, a whole lot of things. I, I really truly adore you. So thank you for. For coming on my podcast. Um, Thanks for having me, and it was just a thrill to to talk to all three of you. Yeah. I haven't talked to Larry in a long time, or Mark, really, and yeah. or Chris. And uh, it's so weird because of all the time we had spent together in the past. Mm-hmm. I almost, um, if Larry couldn't make it today because he's always busy, I was going to get Wendy Hornsby, who's oh, another yeah. one of your success stories. I had her on my Whoever Writes Monsters podcast. And of course, we had a a Raymond love fest on that uh, also. But uh, she's uh, she's really a terrific writer, and she credits you with a lot. I remember her in class. I remember thinking, God, she's got the most gorgeous eyes I've ever seen of any human being. And uh, so, anyway, but also a terrific writer. Um, anyway, uh, Raymond, we will we will link and post uh, everything to the the Plot Points podcast website, which is plotpoints.com. We're also on iTunes. Um, there's also a, uh, a kind of a uh, subdomain website with Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. But if you just look up Plot Points Podcast in my name, you should find it. I'm Mark Sevi, S-E-V-I. Um, we have been talking to Chris Styers, Lorenzo Porcelli, 
and uh, our our mentor and uh, friend Raymond Obsfeld. Uh, for everybody here at Plot Points Podcast, be inspired, do good work. Thank you.